Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I had to play the other side of the fence when I came here. I, I saw the facility and I said, the first thing I'm going to say to break the ice is that it was a fumble. And so uh, I, I felt like I ingratiated myself to him pretty well right off the bat. If you were still in New England and you saw Mark Davis. It probably wouldn't have been a fumble. Yeah, but. probably. probably. <laughs> I'm part of Raider Nation now, so it was a fumble. Josh McDaniels, the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, who was with the Patriots for the Tuck Rule game on January 19th of 2002. And now there's a 30 for 30 documentary coming up about the Tuck Rule. And it's going to be February 6th at 7.30 here in St. Louis on ESPN. Ken Rogers directed this documentary for ESPN and joins us now on Carriker and Danny Mack. Ken, thanks so much for taking some time with us. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I guess with the Immaculate Reception, this is, in terms of rules, the most controversial play, right? These two are the most controversial plays in the history of the league. I think so. And, you know, you had a, had a bunch of them in the 70s that people talk about that lasted for a long time, the Holy Roller and, you know, Immaculate Reception. Raiders were always involved, it seems. <laughs> um, and, and the tuck rule fits that mold. And, and I've been thinking recently that, you know, this was the age, 2002, before social media. And uh, while the tuck rule would have just been a, uh, just a huge topic on social media, I also think it might have burned bright and then gone away and we would have moved on to the next, the next thing, the next, uh, the next week. There seems to always be something to talk about on social media but in 2002, when this play happened and it led to the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, it reverberated all offseason. It changed the course of the Raiders' entire franchise. It changed the course of the entire Patriots franchise. And I think it sticks around because, you know, it was such a, a landmark millisecond in the history of the NFL that changed everything. Ken, the tentacles reached here to St. Louis because when the Patriots uh-huh. beat the Rams in Super Bowl 36, the next year they started 0-5. Kurt Warner had won the MVP in two out of three years. After that Super Bowl, he only started seven more games for the Rams before he was gone. They reach really across the league. Um, and the Raiders would tell you, well, nothing much would have changed elsewhere because we would have beat the Rams too. I don't know. If, uh, do you think they would have? Do you, do you think they would have won the next week? Well, you no, know, they certainly think they would have. Um, and the Patriots' point of view in the film is: listen, the Tuck Rule didn't win anything. The Tuck Rule just kept the game going when the Raiders could have kneeled on the ball. But 
they still had to continue driving down the field. They still needed Adam Vinatieri to kick the greatest field goal in, in history. Mm-hmm. They needed Tom Brady to drive the ball down the field in overtime, kick another field goal in, in those conditions, then beat the Steelers, then beat the Rams. And so the Patriots' point of view to the Raiders is the tuck rule is just one moment in this long string of things that we did that season. But you're right that the, – the things that stem from that, when you think about, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers end up getting John Gruden from the Raiders for the for the next season, who then beat the Raiders, and you know maybe the Raiders would have won if if Gruden had stuck around, and Gruden would have stuck around if the Tuck Rule went the Raiders' way. So now the maybe the Bucks don't win that Super Bowl in '02, and and maybe you know they get a different coach. So who knows which direction that that goes you know it was rumored steve mariucci was going to go there from the 49ers mm. and that would have been the trade wow. well then what would have happened to the 49ers and i mean you can really just get lost in what really what's big right now the multiverse you know you watch marvel movies and everyone's talking about the multiverse this this is really an nfl version of that so the 30 for 30s are great because it's a deep dive and they give you a lot of time to do uh, a deep dive on what is a single play, and I'm sure you could have gone five hours on this thing. So who who's all who are all the participants that you got to to talk about this particular play? How how far are the tentacles of this play that you were able to get people to sit down and honestly speak about it? So all so all those tentacles are are present, but as a filmmaker, you know you have to pick a point of view, um, and the most interesting thing to us was that the two people involved whose lives changed the most, maybe Tom Brady, Charles Woodson, certainly Tom Brady's life changed the most had been college roommates or college teammates uh, at the university of Michigan. They shared a locker room in their freshman year. They came in together. You know, Charles ended up winning the Heisman and, and Tom came into the league 199th. They were these, polar opposite sort of paths to the NFL. And then this moment happened. And in 20 years, they had uh, 20 years since they had never spoken about it. Mm, is so that we, right? We spend, we spend most of the film with Brady and Woodson watching this play, watching the game, talking about how it affected them arguing really. <laughs> and I mean, you can imagine these are friends and this moment, really pushed both of them on opposite paths It switched their almost their identities. You know, the, the Heisman trophy winner all of a sudden was on a Raiders team that, that didn't win a Super Bowl when he thought they were going to win multiple ones. And all of a sudden Tom Brady, the backup quarterback at Michigan, who was, you know, kind of a slow, goofy uh, freshman when he arrived, he, he's on the path to become the greatest. They'd never spoken about it. So this film is really like a therapy session between Brady and Woodson. I was going to say, it, it feels like it almost had to be an emotional conversation between those two. It goes back and forth. I mean, it, it's there's anger there. You'll see some real <laughs> anger from from Charles. And shockingly, I think from Tom saying, like, no, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. This was the ruling. <laughs> You know, because <laughs> I think I, I think you you can see both sides as a uh, as an outsider. You can say, oh, I, you know what, they're both right. Jeez, that's really hard. And so they argue and argue, really to the point of absurdity, where they're arguing about 
you know, penalties on each other that both would have incurred on that play. And I mean, it, it goes so deep. They're so into it. And, and at the end, they sort of just agree to disagree. And they talk about how life is like this. There's this moment. And so uh, while we have Walt Coleman who made the call and, and both owners and Bill Belichick and, you know, the, the usual suspects of Brewski and Brown and McGinnis on the Patriots and stuff, the, the core of it is this therapy session. Ken Rogers, director of the Tech Rule, the call that changed it all is our guest here on 101 ESPN. All right, from your personal opinion, what did you take away from it? Was it a pass? Was it a fumble? What do you think? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, done. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you know, that's a very political answer, but he, here, here's how I, I actually do break it down. That um, in By rule, it was an incomplete pass. By spirit, it was a fumble. And I think that's what's so polarizing about it is by the technicality of how the rule was written and how the officials were asked to enforce it, it had nothing to do with where Tom Brady's arm was. It was either did the ball get all the way back to his body or did it not get all the way back to his body. So by rule, you can say, okay, I can see that's, that's an incomplete pass by rule, but by spirit, he obviously wasn't passing the ball. He admits in the film, I, I, yeah, I wasn't passing the ball, but intent had nothing to do with it. So if you're a Raiders fan, you go, but if you weren't passing the ball, it was a fumble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's common sense. You, you know, that's the hundred people in the bar argument. Everyone would say, yeah, that's a fumble. And that's the power of this rule is that it was right, but the rule really wasn't a good rule. But the, the league really was trying to to find a way to to rule on something that to this day is very hard to to grasp you know when is a ball done being thrown and when does it become a fumble it's really difficult Ken you talked about a lot of the what ifs and so I'll throw this one at you did you ask what if it was ruled a fumble and the Raiders win does Tom Brady still have his job, or were they going to go back to Drew Bledsoe in the following season? I do, and Tom gives a very, very honest answer that he that he's not sure. In fact, he 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 believes. I think you'll see in the film that he he might have not been the starter after that year because you got to remember he would have lost his first playoff game as a second year player and Drew Bledsoe was, you know, something like a $110 million quarterback who they had just paid. Tom has doubts. Um, and I think that's one of the things that you can look at in maybe everyone's career, but certainly in his career is, you know, sure that, that one went his way and it led to all this stuff, but he'll think about, you know, the Tyree catch and how it went against him. And if only that one millisecond and one millimeter went the other way, he would have had the greatest team ever, you know, in, in 2007. So like, there's all these moments. Um, and I, I, I don't think a lot of people agree with Tom, but I think he thinks about it. <laughs> 
Ken Rogers of uh, NFL Films and ESPN and the ESPN presentation of the Tuck Rule 7.30 Sunday night. A couple more quick things. I remember leading up to that Super Bowl, I talked to Leslie Visser and Dan Shaughnessy. I was at uh, that Super Bowl. Obviously, the Rams were in it. Mm-hmm. And both of them said that that Vinatieri field goal had been the greatest moment of their Boston sports lives. Now, obviously, a lot has changed. The Red Sox won a World Series for the first time in 86 years. Brady's done all of his things. But you mentioned that field goal being the greatest field goal in the history of the league. And as much disdain as I have for what happened with all of that, here sitting here in St. Louis, that is the greatest field goal in the history of the league. I mean, there's some shots in the film where, you know, especially from the opposite uh, end zone, the ball goes up and it disappears immediately. It it, it was just such conditions that it, it was bad bad footing it was pressure like you could never believe remember vinatieri wasn't vinatieri at the at mm-hmm. this time you know he he like the rest of the patriots franchise was was unknown and to hit 45 yards into the snow like that it was such a line drive um and what's interesting in the film you sort of hear uh players from the raiders admit that the, the last thing the Raiders wanted to do was jump off sides because that would have put the Patriots closer to the field goal and given Adam a closer kick. So they didn't all out rush at the snap because they were, you know, the, the last thing they wanted to do was just jump a little bit early. So they were a little tentative and that allowed Adam to kick a more line drive kick right over their heads which is the only reason it got there. And then it, it, it's it's something when you watch it over and over, you go, that's not going in. And then it just disappears, and all of a sudden you see the the officials raise their arms, and you're like, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> it's, really, it's really great. And finally, Ken, I look at the list of things that you've directed or worked with. I'm a big fan of Hard Knocks. Al Davis versus the NFL was great, the, the two Bills. But – one of the things that I really loved was when you got Belichick and Saban to sit down. I was enthralled by that. You're obviously a football fan. How cool was that for you just to be sitting there, listen to those two, talk about coaching, talk about philosophy, talk about football? Uh, talk about life. That's mm-hmm. what I took away from yeah. it. Yeah. It was like, if you, want, if you want to learn about success, you know, you can go on YouTube and you can look at all these shortcuts to how to, how to succeed in life, but Belichick and Saban make it pretty pretty clear that, you know, it's hard work, but it's also just not overcomplicating things. It's breaking it down to the the simplistic um, messages and the simplistic teachings of football. The the thing I thought was going to happen going into the film is Belichick and Saban are going to talk so over my head, let alone the audience's head, about football that it's just going to be all X's and O's stuff that's just too much for people to grasp. But that's not what that's not who they are as coaches. They know all that stuff, but their job is to translate that into everyday speak. And when you watch the film, I come away thinking like, uh, I need to. I need to live my life like they coach. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's funny, Ken, because I was just saying to Dan yesterday, literally yesterday, I was telling him about, we were talking about analytics, and I was t- talking about uh, Belichick 
telling Saban, I get on the plane and I've got all these coaches on their iPads, and I say, guys, we didn't lose this because of analytics and iPads. We lost it because we didn't block and tackle. And I just love that stuff. That's what you hear from Belichick all the time. (laughs) Fundamentals, you know, situations. It's not about figuring out all the different ways to uh, run plays. It's what are the right plays at the right time and make sure that those plays are practiced. It's uh, it's something that he he and Saban have really mastered, and people think it's about complication, and it's actually about simplifying life. It's simply it's about looking at what's really important and getting rid of the distractions. Well, I loved in the two Bills, it looks like Bill Parcells begrudgingly is there at the behest maybe of Belichick, <laughs> and I can't imagine, uh, like, as a director, because I do a lot of TV, so I, I sit into a room sometimes, you sit down a guy, and you can just tell this is the last place they really want to be, and they know some of the questions coming, and they're like, okay, I got to answer it. I'm going to do it. All right, I'm, let's do it. That's what I took away from the two bills. I love that part of it when he sits down. He's like, all right, let's go. Get this thing going. Let's go. Yep. No, it's that was – talk about a therapy session. This was Belichick and Parcells when they – first met in that locker room, uh, I was sitting behind the cameras going, Oh boy, this is not going to go well. Yeah. You know, this, <laughs> like th- their, their approach to each other was very cold and Hey, how you doing? Co- Bill, Bill, sit down. All right. We ready. And I'm like, Oh boy, this, <laughs> this isn't going to go well. And yet I, by the end, they're joking and pushing back against me as the director that they don't want to go into the Jets locker room, uh, which I've, I, I asked them to do on camera, and they say, no, we're not going in there. What? We're out of here. And they rebel against me as a team and, and literally refuse to go back to the past, to the Jets locker room, and, go, and revisit the past. And they, they just walked out. Like, they, they ended the interview. I had more stuff I wanted to do, but they're like, no, where's the element? And I love that. They they bonded by the end of that film and just got back together and and just walked out on me. And I said, "Well, that's the perfect ending in the film." It so really is. They came in here. They came in here like not knowing what this was going to be like, and they're walking out friends and and compatriots it was really fascinating well ken rogers uh, obviously we, we love your work <laughs> i think we've made that pretty abundantly clear here can't wait for sunday night 7 30 st louis time for the tuck rule documentary on espn thanks so much for your time it's been very entertaining and have a great day oh thanks for having me See you later. Fun. Ken Rogers, great director, and what a great resume he has at nfl films this episode is brought to you by zell whenever you're sending money through an app or online it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. 
See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.